the Rad Are you looking forward to the holidays? Uh, let's see. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So Thanksgiving, we go down to Pacifica. We usually go down Wednesday night after work. Um, we get a shitty hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that way, when we wake up on Thursday on Thanksgiving, we're already there. We don't have to travel to Pacifica because we've done that before and the traffic is fucking horrible. On Thanksgiving morning? Yeah, because yeah, everybody's going everybody's going to their family's house. Yeah. yeah, so we've done that and we did, we and we got there like in the middle of dinner time. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Are are your are your family down there? Are they weirdos like everybody else that eats dinner at like two or three PM? No. It's usually about five ish okay. that we sit down and eat. That's um, normal. But everybody starts getting there. So it's my old man's family, and okay. it's all um, the whole Puerto Rican side of the family. And then sometimes there's family that comes in from like Idaho. No, Utaho. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, we all gather and, you know, watch football. Um, his his aunt that's kind of like the matriarch of the family mm-hmm. her and i start busting out the wine and then you know the girls start gossiping and all that stuff Bocking in the kitchen yeah <laughs> um, but his uncle the the the, the big uncle um, is he fat no oh. no he's like he's like the head of that household he's like the godfather of the family yeah and uh, he's from Hawaii, so he does all the cooking, and he does Ooh. a lot of... Does he do, like, traditional Hawaiian stuff for yeah, Thanksgiving? he does some Hawaiian stuff for Thanksgiving, nice. and then um, we also have one of my favorite dishes is arrozco con dulas, which is a Puerto Rican uh, rice dish. Oh, see, your family's Thanksgiving sounds amazing, because they don't, they don't do, like, traditional... Do they do traditional I mean, stuff? Yeah. Like we, turkey, mashed potatoes? Yeah, we have it. We, we have it all. And then like. But um, then you have like all this great Islander and Mexican food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's really yeah. good. Um, last year he put um, he put pork in like the palm leaves, you know, and then like cooked it in the palm leaves. Mm-hmm. And, oh, how long? So how long did he cook it for like hours and hours yeah. and hours? Yeah. Underground? Um, no, I. He may have. I wasn't there when he was cooking. I just saw it when it was um, ready to serve. But so he does all the cooking and it takes him quite a while. He doesn't want any help. He just wants to do. I mean, sounds like me. We help with like, you know, maybe throwing a salad together or cutting up the bread or some shit like that. He likes to take ownership of all 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 the 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 good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then so the family kind of you know, gathers round all during the day, everybody gets there. Usually what we do, since we stay in the shitty hotel that's down by the ocean in Pacifica, we'll get up and we'll go down to the ocean and, you know, kind of take in that moment to be think. I mean, I do. I I look at the ocean and just like count my blessings and, you know, be thankful. Mm -hmm. Um, The kids kind of explore around in the tide poles and all that shit. And then, and then we just basically drive up the hill to the house hang out all day, uh, drive back down. And last year, which was amazing, we didn't know this, but there's this little bar, and I want to say the bar is called Winters in mm-hmm. Pacifica. So now that our oldest is, he's almost 16, um, 
we set them all up with a paper pay-per-view movie in the hotel room okay and little baby you know the 16 year old can be the babysitter yeah, yeah. and he's got a cell phone and we went over to the dive bar nice. <laughs> and the, all the like bar flies were there and they had the um the the bartenders had brought in a, oh, a thanksgiving so you guys can <laughs> feast while you're drinking yeah it oh was, that's fantastic it was really really great and so we just had you know some shitty beer Man, and those dive bars are the best and it was just like it was a nice way to kind of unwind from the all the hubbub of the family not that i mean we don't have there's nobody in that side of the family where it's like Oh man, crazy Uncle Larry's Gotta coming. Deal with the drama. And, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Uncle Bill's going to be racist all night. We don't. Right. We, there's none of that that goes on. But it's just like, it, you know, it's a lot of to keep up and keep conversation well, yeah, and all that stuff. All the family gatherings are always exhausting, and not to mention you have to travel with the kids. That's yeah. exhausting, and waking up in a new place, even though it, you know, it's it's going to another place to stay somewhere. It's still tiring, yeah, because it's not your place, and you can't just relax. It's it's go go go, right? And then then the last tradition that we do on the way back. So um, Pacifica is kind of like South San Francisco, mm-hmm. and so on the way back we drive through Oakland and um, best pizza in the world. If you ask me, it's called Zachary's Pizza, and you can call ahead and get a half-baked. So we get a half-baked Zachary's special pizza. Is that where you take it home and bake it yourself? Yeah. Is that what, what they mean, half-baked? Yeah. Well, it's like a it's a deep-dish Chicago-style pizza. Okay. So they Which is more it. like a casserole than a pizza. Well, but whatever. We'll have that discussion another time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so um, they they cook it halfway for you so that you don't have to cook it for you know however long in your oven when you get home oh, okay so, so it cuts the cuts the cooking time yeah so okay. so we get that on the way back so that we can have that for dinner on the next day nice um, that's a good tradition yeah so it's just a little stuff that we do um so i i really do love thanksgiving it's one of my favorite holidays yeah but christmas uh, it's a bag of fucking well, that's that's what, that's what booze is for, though, right? That's why all the libation, that's what they call them spirits for the holidays, right? It's just always stressful. It's always, like, trying to shop for this kid and that kid. And the old man and I kind of, we shit-canned shopping for each other because I could, I could really care less about getting... Is that because of money or you just don't know what you want? You don't need anything? Um, Money, mostly, but also, too, it's like... We want to do for the kids, and I really—that's all I really care about. I want to spend the money on. I I love to decorate for mm. Christmas, so that kind of stuff. And then maybe you know, one year we, him and I went to like an overnight to San Francisco and just oh, nice. considered that our our Christmas school present to each other. But yeah, it's just I don't know. The two stressful times in the year for me that are really bad is back to school and fucking Christmas. And those are right back to back almost too. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a shit show. Um, Man, but for you now, I know sometimes you go to uh, you've gone to Rob's for Thanksgiving. Yep, I was supposed to go there this year, but <clears throat> I I had to rescind my invitation. Do you do that, or is that when you issue an invitation where you rescind it? Um, either way, oh, I, either way, I, I RSVP and said, yeah, we're good to go this year. Uh-huh. And we had an appetizer to bring to Rob's, but then I had to send him a message a couple weeks later, um, saying, eh, 
sorry, can't go because certain family things are going on right now where just had a family member pass away not too long ago. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah. and, uh, and you know, my parents, my dad is my only living parent left. Um, he, he's in San Diego. So we're, we're, we're trying to kind of balance the family thing right now instead of going off and doing our own thing. Cause last year we kind of took holidays off, um, to kind of just do our own thing mm-hmm. since we had just been married. So yeah. my wife and I wanted to just do our own holiday and have our own Christmas and have our own Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. I did, we did go to, no, we didn't go to Rod's for Thanksgiving last year either. Um, so it's been a couple of years, but yeah. this year we're just going to kind of keep it, keep it local and, and do some things with some family. And this is the first holiday where I'm, I'm actually not drinking. Um, oh, like through the holiday yeah, season. And that's yeah. always, a, that's always a big thing. You know, we always have, uh, Absolutely. let's take some whiskey with us to the family or wine, of course, is something to, to enjoy. And so it'll be, I don't think it's going to be any diff, any more difficult than it's been so far because right. after six plus months, it's just a cakewalk now. Yeah. I don't even crave it. I'm not even, I, I will, I will, you know, miss it a little bit having some wine just because it's it's vacation time at the same time. Yeah, you know, yeah. you associate these holidays with time off. Mm-hmm. And what I what I always did before I drank every day was spend my time on my on my time off drinking. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. But, you know, you were talking about the uh, the dive bar in, Pe- in Petaluma, Pacifica, Pacifica, Pacifica. Yeah. And that just made me remember just all the times I've had it at the various dive bars in the area, like the pre-flight downtown. Oh, man, I miss the pre-flight. What, what Have was, you been to the new one? No. It's not the same. I know. Nothing will ever change to the windowless brick wall. Oh, it was. Old school. The, they still had the happy birthday sign up from 35 years ago. It was the fucking best. Cheapest uh, well drinks and like, good times. It was like a Bukowski novel. You walk oh, in man. there and, oh. Fuck that. I loved that place. Those are the best types of dive bars where they have the most character and you go there more for the company and the conversation mm-hmm. than you do the fancy cocktail specials or, you know, their food or whatever. You just yeah. go there for the, the shitty cheap booze and the good company and conversation. I remember. I miss that. Yeah, I, I, I do miss that. Well, I miss that particular bar yeah. when it was the original pre, pre-flight. And I remember when uh, former producer Christy left. And it just so happened that uh, producer Fat Nick was here to film her, like, uh, little video that she shot when she was le- leaving. And then we had, like, a producer's send-off at the pre-flight. Do you oh, yeah. And- I do remember that. There's pictures of me playing the piano and serenading yeah. uh, <laughs> the, mannequin. Uh, the mannequin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, those uh, are good times. That was, yeah, man, I miss that bar. But, yeah, the, the old dive bars, there's nothing like them. Yeah, and I... I I do miss the the camaraderie that came with drinking, and I do mm-hmm. think that there have been a few friends of mine that have kind of gone away or mm-hmm. will stop messaging me because either all we ever did together was drink or they plan, they're planning some sort of event or get-together where drinking is involved, so... Mm-hmm. I, I tend to I tend to decline a lot of in- invitations when they're those types of things, too, because... I know what it's going to be like. I know how it's going to end up. And I know that I'll just be that guy in the corner who's sober. But at the same time, I've had more fun going to certain parties being the sober one because I can see now how ridiculous I was behaving yeah. <laughs> and how much fun it is to kind of just watch 
watch the world burn around you, you know, especially yeah. in, in drinking scenarios where there, there's people screaming and, and, and the, the bipolar, I love you, man. And the, I hate you, man. Yeah. Just the, to the back of, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm an old man now, uh, spinning yarn about the old times that have passed, but it's just so different now looking at it and, and, and seeing it retrospectively. Yeah. I had a friend that I mean, went back in my drinking days. Um, well, I, I still, you still drink. drink right? I still drink. Yeah. But back in my young, dumb and full of cum days. Uh, ah, the good old days. Yeah. When I was at the dive bars all the time. Um, we had one friend that, I mean, he would be there all the time with us. He'd come out on Friday nights and everything. And he was like part of the, the hangout crew. Yeah. But he'd always just have a Diet Coke. Yeah. And that was his thing. Now, was that because he was traumatized in an earlier age that he knew that he didn't want booze? Or was he just one of those people that doesn't like booze? I think from talking to him over the years, I think when he was in college, he overdid it. Yeah. To the point to where he's like, I can't go down this path yeah. of life. And so he was like a fork on the road and he decided to take the Diet Coke. Oh, good for him. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. For some of us, it takes us the, a couple of fall down and go booms until we finally realize, you know what? Yeah. I need to take that other road in the fork. Yeah. And for me, like, I, I did have a year where I sobered up and I would just have the, the club soda and lime mm-hmm. uh, at the bar. And I would have the uh, fucked up dreams. I don't know if you have these. Uh, I have, I would have dreams where... Drinking would, dreams? Yeah, where I'd drink in my dream, and then I'd wake up and think that I did it and be so disappointed in myself and then find out, oh, no, it was just a fucking dream. Yeah. And so um, I haven't done that to where I've dried out for a year, like what you're doing. I haven't done that in a while. But recently I did do the dry out for – it was 34 days, and I just kind of wanted to assess where I'm at. You know, It's always and, good to do. And kind of check in with my sleeping patterns and my anxiety because I've been battling anxiety so much. And it did make a difference. And now that I've come back, I just have to – and you know what my problem is? This is I've realized my problem. I cannot buy either – do you know what a Boda box of wine is? Is there like those brown Mm -hmm. boxes of wine? Yeah, the the fancier box. Not Franzia, but it's like the nicer, higher-end boxed wine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved those. Yeah. So I can't get those, and I can't get those fucking Magnum big, you know, extra big bottles of Pinot Grigio. Is it because you can't see what's inside of it, or is it just well, too easy to drink? With the with the big bottles, you can see what's in there, but I will still drink the fucking whole thing. Yeah. It, because I don't pour... Uh, my problem is, is I don't pour a glass of wine like you should. I pour... A goblet? A, the whole thing. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm like, I've only had fucking four glasses. I'm fine. And before I know it, I'm shit face right and so i'm like okay can't buy the box wine anymore and i can't buy those big those big uh magnums because the magnums at the the corner store around where i I get my cheap ass wine Mm -hmm. they're they're cheaper than the regular bottles of wine and so i'm like oh i'm getting a good deal you know no no it's just all a trick amanda to get you shit face man i i do not miss the hangovers that's the one thing that I could totally, I, I could go without a hangover for the rest of my life. And if the one year mark comes around next year and I decide I'm going to start drinking again, mm-hmm. I 
I think I'm going to have those crazy like PTSD flashbacks to where I was before I quit drinking Mm -hmm. and thinking about like how awful I felt every single day. And that was kind of part of a driving force for me to continue drinking every day was to not feel hungover, Mm -hmm. to, to stay on top of it because who wants to feel like shit every day? Yeah. And if the one thing that's making you feel like shit is the booze, and that's the one thing that'll make you feel better. What are you going to do? Yeah. Drink more booze. The one thing that I hate about when I get a really bad hangover, and luckily I'm being more adult these days and not getting those, um, but I'll have those horrible, horrible fucking anxiety the next day and where you're worried about like, what did I say to who? Did I say the wrong thing? What did I like f- fuck up and, you know, make an ass of myself? That struggle show is my real. Tits to yeah. somebody? You know, like what did I say? What did I do? Who do I have to apologize to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. That the shame that came with all of that is something I do not miss either. And I, I think that's the one thing I kick myself over the most is um, when things become more clear and you see the type of behavior that you are uh, conducting in mm-hmm. the the more I like feel bad for those around me, but then the more I'm like disgusted with myself. Yeah, and that's the worst. Feeling. It is because you th- there's there's nothing worse than a low self esteem. But if you already have a low self esteem mm-hmm. and you're dealing with anxieties over wh- who you are and where you are in life, like most people, including yeah. yourself and myself, yeah. Uh, t- that extra, you know, driving force that says, hey, you were a fucking douchebag and you acted like a moron. And yeah. you, you probably did some things that were, you know, awful. Yeah. How do you how do you pick yourself up from that if you just keep telling yourself how terrible you are? And you know? you're yourself inflicting it. Exactly. And those so. are the worst types of types of things. So, yeah. but I, I am I am grateful for where I am now. And I'm I'm just grateful that I'm I'm still able to be. In this spot where I am right now, because yeah. if if things went in an opposite, a different direction, I wouldn't be here right now recording this podcast with you because I don't know. I, I think that things would have been a lot worse had I not turned things around. That'd be a sad, sad day yeah. in Amanda land because oh, yeah. I don't know what I would do without you here. Yeah. And I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of the reason why I have, con- I had the control issues now that I'm just kind of analyzing everything right now yeah analyzing yes um when i was in my teenage years i I was so good i was such a goody two shoes Mm -hmm. i never did anything bad i I had the fear of god stricken into me by my mother who said that if i did anything wrong you know the, the 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 fear of god is really like you are gonna die or punishable or or worse, yeah. If you do anything wrong, yeah. And I I really took that to heart until yeah. I was eighteen, and my parents decided, oh, we're gonna get a divorce. Which at the time I was pissed off about it, but I knew it was coming and it needed to happen. And there are various other things going on in life where I kind of had to grow up too fast. And mm-hmm. so when I turned eighteen, I thought, why am I working so hard to be a goody two shoes when there's all these other things that I can start experimenting with mm-hmm. now that I'm an adult, quote unquote. Yeah. And so the beer came out, and the pot came out, yeah, and the uh, 
the the partying didn't stop for 10, 10 years. Yeah. After that. Well, I remember when we were doing um, the Ask Rad Anything, and it kind of came out. You it, you had kind of talked about being such a goody two shoes, but also that you were almost like responsible for your younger sister, and so you didn't. Yeah, I, I felt that responsibility because my mom at the time was battling with a. a, a various health issues, which ultimately stemmed to, um, her anorexia. And so my, my, my sister didn't really have a good role model growing up because my dad was always working. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of had to be the big brother too fast, not necessarily like the big brother that's supposed to show good, good morals and be a good role model, but I kind of had to, to take care of things. The man of the house. In kind the way. of almost, yeah. you know, not to discredit my dad, being the hard worker that he was and providing for the family, mm-hmm. he just, he did that so much that it was kind of, it kind of created a, a smaller void um, where, you know, at home the dad should be, but. Yeah. Well, let me, I mean, it makes sense that once you didn't have anybody to tell you, uh, don't drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't do drugs. That you're like, woo. I'm yeah. Do drugs. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had a lot of uh, cool enabling friends and fortunately, I made mistakes. I got, I, I picked myself up. I paid my price. I, I didn't hurt anybody else along the way. At least I hope not, but you know, I didn't kill anybody and yeah. I didn't kill myself fortunately. And yeah, today is a new day and the things are getting better. Things just keep getting better. I, yeah. I, I'm just happy. I'm happy where things are going. Yeah, me too. It's a good thing. Uh, did we start recording the podcast already? I, 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 I hope I so. Fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, we're recording. <laughs> I was just, I was just curious about your holidays. So, since, yeah. we're, since this will be coming out right before uh, Thanksgiving, I figured I'd ask you what you do. Yeah, my well, one of one little thing that I do, um, you know, we were talking about drinking and stuff, and there is, I do have a holiday holiday drink that I love to imbibe in. Ooh, what is it? It is a white Russian. Oh, I love white Russians. <laughs> that is like, oh, man. since I've been, mm, mm. Uh, since I've been 18, really, because my ex's family used to let us drink on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, I would make a white Russian. And so that's, that's always like the start of the holidays for me is making that white Russian. Now, was that because of big Lebowski or is that because you're, you're ancient at heart and just like those old school drinks? I, well, I think what it is is that when I was with my ex and the family would let us have a a cocktail with dinner um, on Thanksgiving, that's just what was available. Okay. And so... So it was the household drink. Yeah. The, and uh, there was a homemade Kahlua that was super Ooh, awesome. So, that sounds uh, good. Yeah. That, it was really good. So then that kind of... It kind of became my holiday drink. And then uh, my dear friend, Jesse, who... Morning, Jesse. Uh, uh, who passed away not too many years ago. He was a roller derby ref. And his uh, favorite drink was a white Russian. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a tribute to him oh, now that's cool. too. Just, that's cool. Yeah. That's a delicious drink. I yeah. do. I, I won a bottle of Kahlua at a uh, white elephant party. Yeah. Also when I was prior to 21, it uh-huh. was actually my dad's party. So it's always the family members that allow you to drink. Your dad is fun. Yeah. When I met him at your little wedding reception thing, yeah. I was like, I now 
Brandon makes so much sense because your dad is a woo. He's a laugh right. He's a party animal. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't help <laughs> when it comes to my sobriety. Um, he's, in he's fact, funny. I just saw him a couple weeks ago for a quick family get together because my my grandma had just gotten out of the hospital for having um what is that not bronchitis but pneumonia pneumonia yeah. Um, and so did my grandpa. They both went on a trip to Alaska oh. and got pneumonia when they got, came back. So they were both in the hospital. And so <clears throat> to to kind of get the family together after they got out of the hospital, we had a dinner and yeah. dad came up and man, that guy drinks like a fish. He, yeah. he, he does love his beer and it makes it, it didn't make it tough. It was just, it was a lot more fun to have more control and kind of, you know, I kind of ran the room while his yeah. while dad was, was like a, just kind of like the the side clown. Yeah, he's normally the one who's kind of in control and always the jokester. Yeah, I was the one that had control of the room, and it was it was pretty fun. That's I cool. like that. But anyway, what was I saying? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. We were talking about oh the the, the drinks the yeah. uh, white Russians. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I won the Kahlua at the White Elephant party. I guess I was done with that story. <laughs> I was, it was before I was twenty one. I I couldn't drink. I couldn't legally drink. But Dad said, "Here you go. Have the Kahlua. If you're, you know, if you're gonna stay here, you can have some." And I had some with my coffee. It was delicious. Um, <laughs> Do you remember like what you first got? Do you remember the first time you got drunk and what you got drunk on? Yeah, it was beer. Uh, I was eighteen, and my buddy and I had a summer job working on the American River with one of the river companies at the confluence. Um, no, not the confluence. Um, there's no river companies there. That's but, no. Uh, oh, you mean in Coloma? It, well, my my because little it brother, wasn't Coloma. My little brother worked at um, on Auburn. There's a little rafting store up there, oh, and they yeah, would yeah. and they would go down to the confluence. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was on the other side. It was on the South Fork. That's like the North Fork of the American River. Um, it was in Coloma. Mm-hmm. It was just you know, drive through gold mining town. That's actually where gold was discovered. By uh, Marshall. Can't remember his first name. John, um, I think. Marshall. James Marshall? James. James Marshall, Marshall I think so. Oh. I think. I have to fact check that here real quick. But it was, it was, it was the uh, gold, it was where the gold rush started and nobody really cares anymore. Um, but there is Sutter's Fork down, downtown. Yeah, but that's, eh. James Marshall. Oh, ah. there you go. Jimmy. Jimmy Good James. James. That son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, so while we were working on the river, we weren't like guides because we weren't old enough to, to be in charge of other people's lives and taking their, taking people down the river on rafts, on rapids that could kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just shuttled the, the boats back and forth, like from, from the place that housed them down to the river. And then we'd pick them up at the bottom of the river and bring them back. Yeah. And then there would be like lunch stops. And we also had campgrounds, so we had to manage the campgrounds and the lunches, and we handled the coolers. And what else would you fill with coolers other than water and 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 sodas, but beer? Yeah. And at the end of the day, there would always be a bunch of leftover beers in the in the coolers, and they just stick, they just stay there and get warm or not get used at all. So he and I p- packed up a big old cooler, took it to the house that we were house sitting for during the summer. And that was my first time getting drunk was when I was 18 summer af- of 24, 20, 2004, right after I graduated high school. <laughs> I remember it very vividly. And I had the best time we made, we, we had barbecued. Like it was, it was just typical old man, like hangout. We just <laughs> threw back some beers. We cooked some steaks and just had a good old time. That was my first time getting drunk. And I, I think it was, uh, a combination of Bud Lights and and uh, Miller High Life and 
my my dad's favorite was MGD, so uh-huh. I always wanted to like start drinking that. Yeah. And I hated it when I first started drinking beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Horrible. It, it's a horrible beer, and it, it like all Miller products always gave me stomach aches. Did yeah. not matter which version it was. Miller Lite was the worst culprit. <laughs> that always gave me the worst gut rot stomach ache that I've ever shits. had. Not not just no, just just cramps. Oh, like it God. was. It wouldn't even get to the point where I had diarrhea. It would just be crampy, and it would happen right after. I drank the beer. So Miller Lite was, was written off long ago for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So my I was a freshman in high school. Uh, yeah, I was a freshman in high school. And my little brother was <laughs> in eighth grade. And my parents, so my, my dad that raised me, my uncle, he's a musician. And he had musician friends. So sometimes they would come over and they'd have like, a jam party, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the wives would come over. And the way the house was set up, we lived in um, Platwell Diamond Springs at the time. And the way that the house was set up is there was a house on the top, but then you have to go outside and down the hill. And then there was an in-laws quarters that was like a converted basement, but it had its separate entrance and everything and oh so, nice so my brother and i lived down there we had our own kitchen oh that's we, awesome we had our own bathroom right on. um and then there was two bedrooms a dining room and a living room and so um and we had our, our little tv down there so they were having this party playing music and not paying attention to what the fuck we're doing and um they had fucking a Franzia box wine mm-hmm. right there on the counter and so we would uh, you know slip our, we I think what we would do is we'd take our sodas pour our sodas out and then when nobody was looking fill them up with the box wine and then eventually we got more brazen and like stole <laughs> other like liquors that they yeah. had out. And you just you just skip the mixer and just went straight for it. <laughs> yeah. And so then we took it all downstairs and we were drinking and I remember we just got we put on Willy Wonka of all movies <laughs> and we just got shit faced and we were jumping up and down on the bed and singing because like where my brother's bed was you could see the TV so we were just jumping up and down on the bed and singing songs and just being fucking I mean how old are you when you're a freshman in high school you're like uh, 13 15, 14 15, 14 yeah 14 15. yeah and just being so drunk yeah I remember my brother had like a little Garfield alarm clock in his bedroom. And we're like, holy shit, it's past midnight. You know, <laughs> and just like And was, and all the while, even at that time, everybody's still just jamming away. They're upstairs in a separate partying. part of the house because our where we where our bedrooms was was like it was like two flats. Yeah. So they had no idea what the fuck we were doing. That's cool. And, yeah. But I mean, all we were doing is jumping on the bed and watching Willy Wonka, but we were drunk as shit. <laughs> it was fun times. You know, I, I just remembered, I, th- I think I lied to you about the first time I got drunk. Oh. Because there was liar. a time when I was very, very young that I got drunk, but it wasn't my fault. Oh. My parents had a dinner date and... What are they going to do when they have a dinner date? They're going to get a babysitter. And at the time, I was probably about nine or ten. Oh, okay. And my sister's four or five. Yeah, four. 
And uh, oh. <laughs> and my babysitter was like a 16-year-old um, who was a neighbor down the street. And I always thought she was the hottest chick. Like, I was going to say, I bet she's super blonde, hot. Super hot blonde that, you know, typical boy crush on, you know, on the... Uh, on the on the babysitter and always dreaming about making out with her, you know, when we had our time alone, never happened. Oh, damn I probably it. could have had a, had a chance with her after this though, because we were uh, we were just hanging out, we were having fun. Parents had left, and uh, the babysitter wanted to give us some juice with our dinner, uh-huh. and so she pours some juice out of a pitcher uh, from the fridge. And not thinking anything of it, we drink the juice, we we eat the food, and we're feeling a little funny. Like, I'm feeling funny. Um, I know that my sister had a little bit of it, and she just kind of fell asleep. <laughs> and I, I was having, you know, I was just goofing off, and I don't really remember exactly how I was feeling because it was so long ago. But I do remember passing out. And I always, the next thing I remember is my mom and dad getting home, and my mom kind of going... You gave them what? <laughs> and in the fridge in that picture was like uh, was like a sangria type oh, of drink, shit. like yeah. some sort of like fruity cocktail con- concoction that yeah. they had come up with. And I, I, maybe my parents forgot to tell the babysitter, yeah, don't give them what's in the green picture because it's it's alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. My babysitter basically, you know, gave us gave us booze till we passed out, and I mean, probably easiest job for her because we were sleeping the whole time. <laughs> But man, my mom was pissed. Oh, and I bet the the babysitter did end up working for them again. But you know, <laughs> well, honest, honest, honest mistake. mistake yeah. And I, I don't think anything really. I don't think that it affected me. I don't think. I don't think that it affected me negatively at all. <laughs> Jesus, oh, maybe it man. did. I don't know. Well, you're you're sober now. Oh, so. sober now for now. <clears throat> okay, so we have been uh, doing this for a couple weeks now, and people seem to be liking it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Um, we have been getting some emails about our last podcast where we uh, talked about having guests in the bedroom and, and swinging in polyamory, and uh, I don't want to make this podcast about all sexual stuff, but you know, yeah, I figured no. I'd just follow up on a couple of emails that we got regarding that, um, just to touch on it a little bit. Uh, oh, and then we'll talk about how we met our significant others. Oh, okay. Ooh, some juicy details. That's fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So this is uh, from Chris. He says, hi, Brando. I listened to the podcast. Amanda, oh, Amanda said you have surprise guests. You're here, too. You're oh, in the, in the okay. email. <laughs> See, you know, Amanda said you have surprise <laughs> guests in the bedroom with your wife. Do they just watch? Do you and your wife like to be watched? Because you made it clear you're not swingers, but enjoy guests in the bedroom. Was Amanda one of those guests? I didn't even know this was a thing. It's kind of like a reverse voyeur. Is the guest pleasuring themselves as they watch? This is a new concept. I don't know people did. Well, it's kind of kind of a combination of voyeurism and, and uh, interactive participation. play. Participation, yeah. Um, Amanda, no, she did not. She has not been a guest in our bedroom. Um, I think we've kind of crossed that line now. Because we work together and we're, we're we're basically like brother sister type of thing now. Yeah. <laughs> that I think it's similar to how uh, Don and and Rob are now that they've worked together so long and it's just created like this this uh, professional environment. I just, I, I mean, it's not going to happen. It's not, no, it would I don't be. Think you're, it would. 
fuck up the whole oh, yeah. work dynamic. I mean, so bad. A long time ago, when we first met, maybe things would have been different. Maybe. But, you know, maybe. things happen for a reason, and this is where we are now. So, um, no, Amanda was not. But um, my wife is actually, she claims that she's strictly dickly, mm-hmm. which means she only enjoys uh, people with penises. <laughs> That could mostly, most of the time it's men, but you know, sometimes trannies are of interest. Um, but we have not had a tranny join us yet. Yet. Is that, is that a proper term? Oh, maybe. I mean, okay. Let's transsexual. say transsexual. Okay. Maybe that's the right way to say it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody by saying tranny, but it, it, I mean, we're talking about, if you're going to talk about like certain bars mm-hmm. that have, uh, cross-dressers or, or or people who are transsexual, they would be typically referred to as tranny bars, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. And 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 I don't I don't know anymore because some people are like totally okay with some terms. Like we mentioned last podcast, some people think saying queer is a slur. Yeah, that's true. And so I gotta watch myself. Good just, call. Just gotta cover our bases. Yeah, you never know. If if it what was offensive, that's not how we mean it. With right. no no ill intent. Right. And it, I'm just saying as long as there's a penis attached, that's usually when my wife will be all about nice. it. Nice. Um and since I'm bisexual, I, I go both ways. So it doesn't really matter to me. Um but when we have I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, can I ask you sure. a personal question? Yeah. And edit it out if you don't want to no, answer this. I'm not gonna edit this shit. Oh, okay. So I've just been curious. It's for you or a relationship. Is it is it just an oral relationship that you have with your guests in your bed, bedroom? Mm-hmm. Or if it's not, <laughs> are you a top or a bottom? Um mostly oral. Okay. But the realm of topping and bottoming hasn't really been crossed yet. Oh, okay. So you're not there yet. No. Uh it's been dabbled. Uh-huh. Um, I do love a finger in the ass. Like it, it feels amazing when in well, the, the pro yeah the prostate. Yeah, the, it's called the P spot for men. Yeah, you know, women have the G spot. Yeah, same thing. But in the men and their assholes, they have the prostate that you tickle with your little finger and go. Yeah, feels good. Yeah, you milk that shit exactly. And um, <clears throat> I I I don't think that I would be a top. No. I think if if it came down to it, I would rather be the bottom. But even then, like my asshole is so fucking tight. Yeah, that there, there, it, it, it's nearly impossible to get more than two fingers. Like okay. it, it's, it, it, I just think it would be so difficult. I would have to train and train and train like Rocky did, and <laughs> for that big fight, you know, Olympic anal training. Yeah, I, I think it would take a lot because I'm just a smaller frame guy, yeah. and, and you know, it, it would be tough. So I, I would say that. Strictly oral, usually. That's mm-hmm. what we like to kind of stick to. And uh, we, I like to see her have fun. Like, I kind of like yeah. to have, have the wife be the center of attention. Yeah. So yeah. when it when it comes down to it. Is that called cuckold? Okay. So there's, there's uh, cuckold and there's um, stags. Uh-huh. So if you're a stag... You allow you you're you're fine with watching your wife like you encourage your wife to sleep with other people uh-huh. because you get off on seeing that like uh-huh. your wife is your your favorite porn star okay type of thing uh-huh. so the stag is the guy who says okay you you I I like this this is cool um, I get off on this I want to watch I want to experience this with you and it's like kind of a mutual thing cuckolding 
um, is more of a dominance and I don't want to say not discrimination, but um, uh, what's the other D word I'm trying to think of that's um, uh, like looking down on to discriminate, not discriminate. Um, hmm. Basically demeaning. D- yeah, exact. Thank you. Demeaning. Um, it's more of a demeaning dominated role uh, or being dominated role where you're not allowed to touch. You're not allowed to, but you have to watch or you have to clean up. <laughs> that oh, type of thing. Okay, so it's like it's like an added element to like if if your wife was the dominatrix and then she had a a part of like a partner, a male partner, which, which was... is typically labeled a bull. Like if you if you have that guy uh-huh. who's going to take over your position in the in the marriage, basically, mm-hmm. or the relationship, and pleasure your wife um, while you're either forced to watch or not allowed to participate. Oh, okay. then that's cuckolding. Oh, this has been so educational. Right. So stag being a stag is allowing it and watching it. And so I would, I guess I would consider myself more so of that. More of a stag. Yeah. Um, so, I, but we are, like to have things be all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're in the mood for it, we'll just, we'll, we'll look for somebody who just, we just want somebody to watch us. Then mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But if we just all just kind of want to sit around and, and, self-pleasure or masturbate together then we'll do that or if we just want to all go all go balls to the wall mm-hmm. so to speak we'll do that it, but it's not like we discriminate or or uh de- denig- denigrate Den- degrade or anything like yeah. we don't do any of that kind of stuff Demean. because yeah we don't everything's equal we don't yeah. want to unless it's like specific role play that's what we want that's what we're craving mm-hmm. then 99% it's going to be just all inclusive. So then I also have another question. Just this is very educational for me. Yeah. Um so would you do your roles change when you're with a man or a woman um depending on so like for for me usually when I am with a man I am more of a sub submissive mm-hmm. partner. Um and I like to be kind of like thrown around and choked and all that stuff. Mm. But when I'm with a woman, I want to be the dom. Mm-hmm. So do, does that, do your roles kind of mm. change when, depending on the gender you're with? It doesn't necessarily have to do with the gender. I think a lot of it has to do with the chemistry, either with the new person or um, what, a, what mood I'm in. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess you can consider, I, could, I would consider myself a switch when or, it comes to or that. Or a verse. <laughs> or a verse, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because um, I, I could be in the dominating mood one day, and then I could be in the submissive mood the other day. And frankly, I get the same kind of uh, enjoyment mm-hmm. out of both. Like n- neither one of them is something I crave more. It's just whatever mood I'm in. It's you know, I I I don't like to put myself in one hole, giggity. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, we got That's one cool. more one more email on this uh, from, let me make sure, oh, from R. It's a girl. Um, Amanda and Brando. What up? Just finished listening to the latest episode. I'm guessing she listened to episode two because she's about to talk some, about some juicy stuff. She says, thank you both so much for this podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. It is awesome getting to listen to you both talk more in depth about relationship advice and the subject of being poly or having an open relationship. My husband and I have been in... An open relationship. Go ahead. 
Sneeze. Well, I'm trying Just to. Just do it's it. It's not coming. Just get it out. It's not coming. All right. My husband and I have been in an open relationship, a bit like how Brandon and Mrs. Brandon would define their relationship. Bless you. <laughs> uh, we've been doing this for about six months now, and our 10-year relationship has never been hotter or stronger. And I'm going to stop right there for a second because... Um, one of the thing, one of the reasons why my wife and I do this is because the afterglow of, of after one of these experiences, uh, is one of the most intense things. Um, once we send our guest away uh-huh. on their merry way yeah, and we, um, my wife and I come back together, we are so hot and heavy from what we had just did and, and from everything that we had experienced, it makes our, our intimate time together like explosive. So you have to do it again. Oh yeah. Like there was one time we, uh, one guy, he, he stayed the night because he had stayed over pretty late. Uh-huh. Um, and he left early in the morning. And when he left that morning, we got two steps away from the front door after saying goodbye before she was on her back on the ground. And I was fucking her like crazy. Hell like yeah, we, we were just like, fuck it right now on the ground. And awesome. I, oh, it was amazing. So this afterglow, this like hotter and stronger thing, if it works, for you and your partner and this, this type of thing could really ignite some new fun things for you and your partner. So this is a, this is a real thing. Um, But if it's not for you, it's not for you. Well, and I think your relationship has to be strong. Just like what we were talking about last podcast, you you know, establishing all the rules and the do's and the don'ts and all the communication. If you have that all lined out, then Mm -hmm. yeah, it can totally work in your benefit to be amazing. And all that communication is actually very, um, it's, it's very euphoric because to be that open and vulnerable and, um, connected with, with that person, it, it, it just creates that, that electricity between you so much more. So true. Um, there's so much trust and excitement involved now, like the letter I just said right there. Um, listening to you both give advice on where to start and how to educate oneself on where and how to go about living this type of lifestyle is so invaluable to those of us just getting started. I wish I had somebody to navigate through some of this stuff. I, I kind of got thrown pausing in the letter. I kind of got thrown in, uh, into the lifestyle because Haley already, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Mrs. Brandon. Mrs. Brandon had a uh, had previous experience, at least because she knew people within the lifestyle. It wasn't because she participated in it, but because she knew people, we kind of could could just throw ourselves into the party circuit with these mutual friends of ours and experience it uh, uh, firsthand. And I think we got a little too ambitious by putting ourselves out there too much without putting our safety guards up. Right. That we, my feelings got hurt. Her feelings got hurt really, really early on, but it also taught us some really valuable lessons. Um, So I I wish I had some of the resources that I have now in my mind when I first started. Yeah. And for me, so I haven't really dabbled in like polyamory or anything like that um, per se, but my my significant other and I have had the conversations to where, you know, I, I would like to have a a girlfriend at at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to share a girlfriend with With him. him. I just, I want to have a separate relationship. Um, but I just haven't found the right person or it just doesn't feel like our relationship is at a point where that would be a good idea to, Mm. introduce another person. Cause it could, I just, you know, you have to feel like, it, it would 
I don't it's got to it. meld. It's got to meld with your current life. Like if yeah. you if you, if you want to add something like that in your life, you need to make sure, or at least you need to feel like everything is in control. Yeah. Because if if you are balancing two separate relationships, that can create more headache than what it's worth. Yeah, and if you're already stressed out with your regular day and day life, I mean, with kids and all that stuff, it's just you know, I just don't think right now is the appropriate time to add another person. But it's not, I know now that it's not off the table. And what I've done is I've talked to a bunch of my friends that do have, um, you know, I have a, a married couple, lesbian friend that um, the one of the, one of the wives started dating somebody else. And so I was able to talk to her and get a lot of information. So I feel like I've gotten a lot of information. I'm just not ready to make that mm-hmm. jump yet because I want to make sure that, it's the right time to where it's not going to create more problems than it's worth. Because like you said in the last, in the last podcast, you know, it, it don't ruin the relationship over some trivial little sexual thing. You know, it's got, it, it's got to be the right time and the right person mm-hmm. and all communicated and yeah. all that stuff. It, it, there's no sense in rushing no. these types of things. No, no need so, at all. you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but it's expl- if you want to explore it, just just keep keep the conversation going. Yeah, open the dialogue. Yeah, because the universe will deliver whatever you put out into it. And if it's your time and if it's what is right for you, then it'll happen. Otherwise, just, you know, keep looking at porn and keep the fantasy where it is. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it's better to keep the fantasy where it is. Back to the letter. It can be hard to figure out a safe way to go about it. And it's so great that you both, uh, my wife and I, Stress how important communication is when living this lifestyle. Amanda said that too. Being clear about boundaries and having that conversation with your partner. I just love hearing the experiences you both have to share. Talking about you and me, Amanda. Yay. Um, it's refreshing how about how open and honest you both are, especially Brandon. When Brandon tells of his very personal experience, having to step back with his wife and recognize and focus on the just the two of them, after things were getting to be a bit too much with a third person in the picture, and he has a feeling, and he was feeling a certain way about the other guy that they had allowed into their life. How it was kind of overtaking the two of them, which is all true. That is some real shit. I love how Brandon and his wife overcame that. I took a lot from that experience you shared, so thank you. Plus, it gave me a little insight on whether I should pursue my fantasy that I've had for quite some time with Brandon and Mrs. Brandon. (laughs) Hello. Anyways, thank you both for this new podcast and just keep them coming. I know I will be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, R. Um, Yeah, I I just, I wish that I had some of the things told to me. You like that? Nice shot. You rarely make those. Shut up. (laughs) I, I'm I'm glad that I was you know my story can be of some help because I had I had some of these heads up uh, uh, things to look out for when I was first starting I'd be in a different place but then again everything that we've done to this point has happened for a reason and I'm glad that that has happened um, so we should talk about significant others oh, now yes. since you know we've been talking about our relationships and yeah. all of that um, and. I'm to understand that Thanksgiving coming up here is actually an anniversary for you, right? Well, I guess you could kind of say that that's an anniversary. So um, the old man and I, let's see, our, our 
our story on how we met is kind of complicated. Okay. And uh, it, it's... How it, many it's years not, ago did it start? Well, that almost eight. Okay. We're, we're looking at almost eight. So I was in roller derby. Mm-hmm. And I'm made friends with the girls in roller derby. Well, two of those girls were fucking. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the one had had a, a relationship with a man and had kids. Well, as it goes, I moved to Texas and come back and I move in with the girlfriend of the one that had kids. Okay. So, so I'm roommates in this. Were they still fucking the two girls? Yeah. Oh. Now, now they're a couple. Okay. Now, now they're not just fucking. Now they're boy. Now, now they're, now they're girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And so, and I, I move into a house, um, with the girlfriend that doesn't have kids. So whenever she goes over to hang out with her girlfriend, she goes over to the house where the one with the kids. Lives still with her baby, the baby daddy. daddy, yeah, baby daddy, and the kids, and so they all hang out together, um, because they're trying to, you know, have this unconventional type of kind of like a threes company type of thing. Yeah, but I mean the the baby daddy had no no relationship with a girlfriend, but it's just like to keep the sanity and everything the same for the kids. Mm. They they all lived in the house together. So is this baby daddy your future old man? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So what ended up happening is I was living with the I was living with the um, girlfriend, and whenever she would go over and hang out with her girlfriend at the house, I would go with them. Well, then I'd end up hanging out with everybody, and what we would do is, you know, in the back we had a fire pit. So after the kids went to sleep. We'd start up the fire pit. We'd drink some beers. We'd shoot the shit. And I started talking to the old man, um, you know, just getting to know him and come to find out we have a lot in common as far as, like, our dads both grew up in um, San Francisco around the same time. They both got locked up in San Quentin and Folsom the same oh, time. Damn. Like, they have a, both very similar personalities. And then we just had a lot of stuff in common that we were interested in, like, uh, you know, beat poetry and Vonnegut and uh, different yeah, man. movies and shit that we liked. That's <laughs> yeah. So we just, we just had a lot of to-, to talk about. But I was... I had just come back from Texas and I wasn't really paying attention to him so much. Um, Rude. I, and I was kind of, you know, gallivanting a little bit. That um, means she was being a slut. I was being a slut. Um, but the more time I would hang out with them, the more I started feeling attraction for the old man. And I, um, I was sleeping on the couch one day when, um, like one weekend when we had all stayed over and I woke, I had woken up and he, he had like put, put the blanket over me. So he was like being sweet. Oh yeah. Um, so then, but it was still my, I was friends with his ex, you know, we did, we were teammates and I, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm attracted to this person, but they, you know, I know she's a lesbian now and she has a girlfriend and all this stuff, but that could still like fuck things up. And anyway, 
So what ended up happening is I was planning on having Thanksgiving dinner with that, them and their family. Um, and the night before, we, um, us girls had all got, gotten off of work, in, including producer Christy. And we went to this bar in Orangevale called the Black Stallion, which is the dive bar of all dive bars. And it was around the corner from where the house was. So we're we're there, all the girls there, and we're getting shitty, you know, taking shots and singing karaoke and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And um, I pull my friend aside and I just told her, I said, look, you know, I started crying because I'm a girl and I was drunk. And I was like, you know, I just want to come to you and tell you, like, I feel like I'm attracted to your ex. Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't know how you feel about that. Um, and I would never want to do anything that would like change our friendship. And she was like, Oh my goodness. I think that's great. You should ask him out on a date. He's, you know, he's been single for so long. Cause I think at the time she had been dating her girlfriend for like almost a year or two years or something like that. And so she was saying, Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. And so then that was the night before Thanksgiving, we come home, all of us girls are in the kitchen and they're like egging me on and they say, you should just go, you know, go in his bedroom and wake him up. Uh, and I just said, okay. So I went in the bedroom and, and jumped on top of him and woke him up and the, you know, we just kind of started talking and he eventually like talked to me on my clothes oh, and, wow. and I was like, I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to fuck you. I'm not going to fuck you. And he was like, no, well, let's just lay here. Right? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just rest my penis between your ass cheeks. And we'll just get some wine and drink some wine in bed and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up fucking. And then what? what? And so then that was kind of that. Um, but things, I, I was naive. I was, mm. uh, how old was I? 28. I think I was 28. I can't remember. However old I was. Um, and so the way things ended up going is we the the girlfriend uh and I who had li who lived together we were never at our house that we were renting we were always at the the other house with my future old man and her girlfriend and so we're like well, maybe it would make sense if we just all lived together. Oh my gosh. Which was the stupidest thing ever. Headache. Yeah, but I thought, you know, we're all friends. We all get along. This is going to be so great and blah, blah, blah. On paper, it sounds yeah. good. Yeah. And I just dumb. And so, of course, we move, we all, we all move in together. It's okay for a couple of months. And then just shit just went so south mm. and it just went horrible and i'm not here to like talk shit on anybody or whatever it's just one of those situations that you really should never get into uh it it, it doesn't work very it's rare exceptions stupid. do that does that actually yeah. work yeah um so it just didn't work out it ruined my friendship with uh, the one girl which i hadn't wanted to happen in the first place yeah and uh it just it just went horribly horribly bad but uh in the end, but I'm still with my old man, and we had a kid. That's and, good. Those yeah. are two good things, right? Yeah, yeah. And in the in the end, it it worked out fine. Um, but yeah, it was just not conventional way of getting together. And I think that I was, 
you know, I'm a hopeless romantic, so mm. I want to see the best in every possible sure. situation and, you know, what are rose colored glasses and all oh, that yeah. shit. And so, uh, I've been it, guilty of that plenty of times. Yeah. So it definitely was, um, it, it, it was not for the faint of heart or mm. our getting together, but you know, and now you guys are in your own house. Now, and... Yeah. Now, now we're in our own house. We have our kids and everything's hunky dory, but yeah, shit, that, it was a crazy mess oh. there for a while. Yeah, I, I can't imagine just starting a relationship and being like, hey, can I move in with all your baggage too? Not just not just all your 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 prized possessions, but the people that brought all the baggage into your life up to this point too. Yeah, like, and it just all sounds the like very just, stressful. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was not a good situation by any by any stretch of the imagination. It was just if you're thinking about doing that, don't. fucking don't. But you have your young Padawan, and yeah, you know, I mean, that's yeah, it, that's it, ended, it ended up fine, but yeah. it was a lot of. Uh, a lot of years of stress and yeah, that's struggle. Crazy. I don't think I knew that that you actually lived with all that, all of them with, right with, off the bat with the girlfriends yeah, I, and I, me and the old man and the kids. Yeah, I knew that the the girlfriend had you know some history mm-hmm. with your old man, but I didn't I didn't know you guys all lived together for a bit. That's crazy. Yeah, well, we thought we were you know young progressives. Yeah, you damn hipster, hip, hipster doofuses. <laughs> yeah, we thought we we thought we were cool enough to do it, but no. Takes no, takes no. a special breed of hippie. Now, on the opposite side of the coin, my my ex that I was with for 7 years, who's now married and has a um and has a baby and all that stuff that lives in Alaska. I'm like best friends with his wife and best friends with him. And in fact, I asked them if anything ever happened to me, if they would be uh, basically godparents for lack of a better word to, uh, to my son. So I'm not trying to say like, you can never be friends with your exes or anything like that. I, I definitely am best friends with my, I, I, I think I'm actually closer to my ex's wife than I am, am to him. Oh, wow. Like our friendship is stronger. I'll call her on the phone and like, yeah. you know, have girl talk with her and ask her for advice. You never hear those stories. You no. never hear any good stories like that really no yeah and they, and my son calls them auntie and uncle that's cool and you know we go as much as we can i mean unfortunately it's only been once um because things happened this last year that we weren't able to go but you know i try to go to alaska once a year to mm-hmm. see them like they're i consider them my brother and my sister, even though I know it's weird, I, I dated um, the one, you know, <laughs> Whatever. I dated him, dated him for seven years, but it's, we were high school sweethearts. Yeah. So it's like we grew up together in a sense. So I'm not anti X. It's mm-hmm. just that the way things went down with the other situation, it, it was just too hard yeah. to, to maintain any well, that's type crazy. of crazy that's a crazy story yeah i don't know that i well now you know now you know and what about you how do you meet mrs brando um uh, it's not a very um it's not a very romantic story <laughs> well but it, it all started when my boys and i were rolling around uh old roseville yeah in the suburb of california uh, sacramento nice Nice circuit of, uh, of dive bars there that we were frequently visiting weekly mm-hmm. during the week and on the weekends. And my buddy had just acquired a space down there to open up a gym. So he invited 
uh, the guys that I was, my roommates and I had two other guys I was living with in the house and, uh, they were my party guys. Like we, we, we had all not been in relationships. We had all just gotten out of terrible relationships. And this was our way of sowing our wild oats. It was going out together and just wreaking havoc. Having a sausage fest. Sausage fest while looking for the clams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a good, it was a good period of, of, of my twenties. I think it's good Very to have fruitful. that. I think it's good yeah. to have that period of time where you just don't give a fuck and you're getting drunk and you're partying and you're being stupid and just get it out of your yeah, system. You, yeah. Everybody needs that. Make sure you don't hurt anybody or get yourself hurt in the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my, one of my buddies had, had just acquired some space to open up a gym cause he was a personal trainer and he wanted to kind of start his own business and he, he had just gotten the keys. Um, and it was a Wednesday night, I think. And I, and my, my, my friends and I had wanted to go check it out. And it was later on in the evening where it was still dark. And so we had to take some flashlights because the power hadn't been turned on in the building yet. So there was me and three other dudes in this dark building with flashlights looking around. And and from the outside looking in, it looks very suspicious. Like, what are these guys doing <laughs> yeah, in this dark building? What are they doing? Yeah. And my uh, future wife and her friend who are also out sowing their wild oats, wearing their little tiny skimpy skirts and their tall heels. And they were walking by the building. And one of my roommates had spotted them and said, Hey girls, I'll come in here and check this out. And my wife's friend was like, hell no, this looks creepy. Like what are you, I'm not going to go into this strange building with a bunch of dudes in a dark building. And my wife was like, yeah, let's go. And the, the friend had pulled, uh, my wife, my future wife away. And, um, they ended up like tripping in the middle of the street and it created this whole scene. And I didn't really know this was going on, but my roommate who was calling them into the building were like, Oh, we'll find you later, which we eventually ended up doing. We were kind of follow. We, we did the whole tour of the bars, you know, we did the boxing donkey, the Trocadero. Um, and that's actually where we ended up the Trocadero at the end of the night. And we cornered them and my buddy, who was the one yelling? Very rapey. It was kind of rapey. I mean, that, that's what you do. That's what you do when, when you go out to the bars. You like you you spot the the girls that you want to talk to, and you go up to them on the bar and you buy them a drink and see where things go. That's just how how it was. Yeah, sounds rapey, but that's what you do. Yeah. Um. So my buddy had called uh my wife at the time, or yeah, she wasn't my wife yet. So uh, my future wife was called was called dibs by my roommate and i was oh. i was sent to go hit on the friend oh. and uh-huh. immediately like chemistry was not there for either of us like my roommate was striking out with my future wife uh-huh. i was striking out with a friend and we eventually got the two pair together and we quickly realized okay the chemistry is with me and my future wife <clears throat> and uh-huh. we and and we immediately switched it up. Like we we knew right away that this wasn't going to happen. Um, and come to find out, they were calling dibs on us too. So they oh. were, they were already trying to score with us as we were approaching. And they were like, "Okay, I'll take this one. You'll take that one." Type of thing. So who called who? It was switched. My wife had called me, and oh. the friend had called the other one. But we called the other way, so uh-huh. we showed up. You know, opposites. Um, long story short, we, we hit it off. We were getting all, you know, schmoozy out while we were smoking cigarettes. Cause that's what you did back then. You yeah. smoked cigarettes with the booze and you just chatted up and having a good time. And, um, 
I wasn't driving at the time, so I I I. Oh, you <laughs> we weren't driving no, at the time. But it was like technically walking distance from my house yeah. to, to go to these places. Right. So I mean, it was it was, it was whatever. But um, my my wife, my my future wife at the time, um, had to take the friend home. So I had to run along with the friend and the and her, and um, ultimately the friend lost interest in my roommate right up the bat too. So there was like no no getting him laid. Oh. Um, but I was like dead set on my on Mrs. Brandon, mm-hmm. and she was dead set on me. So we took the friend home, and I brought her back to my place. All the all the roommates had gone to bed. At this point, it's like one thirty in the morning, and I have to work the next day. And oh, I get shit. up. I'm getting up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning to oh, work. Oh man! And I'm not driving at the time, so a coworker has to come and pick me up the next morning. Um, so when we get back to my house. Before I let her in the door, I say, you got to kiss me first before we get in the house because I got to know if this is going to work. And oh, that, so. What's so smooth of you, Brandon? <laughs> so I lay, you know, we, we lock lips and things work out and she walks in and she sees I'm an animal owner and she's all about animals. And she pretty much, you know, falls for me right there. Aww. But then we go into the bedroom and we fuck for like three hours straight. Some of the best sex we've ever had in our lives. And then she does the walk of shame in front of my former coworker's car, <laughs> heels hanging behind her her uh, back, um, tiny skimpy skirt, and I'm I'm getting in the car and I'm like, yeah, I just hit that. Ah, nice. Oh yeah, it was it was a great night. And uh, were you smelling uh, your fingers? Oh, all day. It was, it was all over me, all over my face, all over my fingers. Nice. And uh, the rest's history. But we took it really slow at first, like. That first night was just a fuck fest, mm-hmm. five thousand. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I was a gentleman and called her up the next day and I said, I want to take you out on a re- on a real date mm-hmm. just to show you that I'm not a pig that that's looking to score. And she was basically convinced that that's all I wanted, mm-hmm. but she was stoked because she was just out of a relationship. She had just gotten uh, broken up with her husband, mm-hmm. so she was divorcing in the process of us getting together. Um, so, it, you know, I, I, we, we kind of formally dated. We took things slow. We didn't really rush into a, a relationship. We just kind of wanted to have some fun. And that's when we kind of started dabbling in, in swinger parties. We didn't really swap or anything, but we wanted to kind of put our toes in the water and we trusted each other. So it kind of helped us get into that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and it taught us a lot of things about each other. And about two and a half years later, I proposed to her and... We got married in Hawaii that summer, and that's been uh, almost two years now. Yeah, a year and a half. That's amazing. Time is flying by. Um, No. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a unromantic story, but well, it's it's similar to mine. I mean, we we fucked, and then that was the end of it. Yeah, I I was definitely. I mean, I'm a very sexual person, so it it was very important to me that it worked out that way because that's. That was important to me at the time. Yeah. Um, so it worked out, I like to think. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, and I think that what I had never thought that I was going to get married either. Mm-hmm. I had completely written off marriage because I thought, fuck, do I need a piece of paper for it? Well, the bitches that you had before were crazy, well, too. That's true. So it was it was pretty easy to be like, yeah, I don't want to get married because bitches be crazy. Yeah. So when I met Mrs. Brandon, she... She proved me wrong. She showed me that there's a way that you can have like a best friend and a partner and a, mm-hmm. a partner in crime, but also somebody that can help you get through the day to day. 
and she was it. I, I'm just, I'm just happy that I met her because you know I wouldn't be alive today. I don't think if if she were if she were around. She kind of rings me in when I need to be reined in. Yeah, and she definitely balances you out and balance. Like, yes, she, she yeah, she that's keeps the, you sane. I that's think. the balance that that I think everybody should strive for. Is if you can find somebody that can help you find that balance in your life, then mm-hmm. then you're well on your way. Yeah. Yep. So that's our story of the significant others. Yeah. Um, man, we've been going off on this Did one. Did we go off? Yeah, about an hour. Holy yeah. shit. So if you uh, want to discuss any of the things we've talked about today, or if there's something else that you want to discuss, go ahead and send us an email at rad at radradio.com. Yeah, and we mentioned before, we don't want this to just be like a relationship and sex thing. I mean, of course, we love to talk about relationships and sex, but anything that strikes your fancy um, that you want to talk about, you know, nerd shit, whatever, music shit. We we want to talk about everything. We won't want to just pigeonhole ourselves into one, you know, sex and relationships. That's that's not us. It's broadcast, broadcast, everything. It's all over the place. And yeah. we we were discussing what we want to talk about next week. And Amanda, you admitted to to be uh, to, with your battle. You've admitted your battle with depression and how you've been dealing with it lately. And there've been a lot of new revelations that you've been dealing with. lately. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got um, a a diagnosis from a psychiatrist that I had never, I I had never known about, you know? So um, yeah. Dig into that next time. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to talk about that and just like kind of where I'm at in my journey. And it's, you know, it's not just this, one pill fix all. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna be great in thirty days, type of thing. It's we'll pull a- out the couch and have you lay down on it, and Ooh. we'll have a quick session. Ooh. Not the casting couch, oh, damn the it. therapy couch, okay. Amanda. <laughs> Until next time. Okay. Bye. Ah. <laughs> the red. Broadcast. The red broadcast. The red broadcast.